Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to tonight's podcast. Our guest is uh, the one and only my dad, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Yep, more into the mic there. Just a little bit more into the mic. Hi. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, wanted to be on the podcast. He's been listening to it. He liked it. Um, figured we had some stuff to talk about. Uh, interesting dude. I do believe Nick is our number one fan. Yeah, I actually really do think that. Yeah. I, when I said we put shirts available, he's like, I already ordered two. I didn't even know that we had shirts available. How did you know about it? Um, he's on top of the game. Your, your mother told me. That's there, how I yeah. do it. She's the number one fan. All right, Nick, Nick's the number two yeah. fan. Number two fan. I wonder how many podcasts are having their parents on right now. That's what I'm trying to figure out. But I figured it'd make for some good conversation. Um, tonight's whiskey is mischief whiskey. Um, with great mischief comes great responsibility. <laughs> If you're inspired by the idea that life is more fun with a little mischief in it, then you found your spirit. Get it? It's like a, it's a play on words because it's a spirit. I see what you did there. Okay, cool. A lot of passion and little mischief goes into making each small batch of this premium whiskey. Thank you for choosing Fremont Mischief, a small craft distiller in Seattle, Washington. Enjoy your spirits, have fun, and let the mischief begin. Yep, I got this from my, uh, my old man for Father's Day, actually. Yes, that's you the, did. That's what we did there. Thank it tastes, you. It's pretty good. Really? I haven't even... Let me get a little sip here. I Get some flavors in here. Mammy's milk. <laughs> mm. It's nice. It's a strong oak finish mm-hmm. with a little bit of a whatever. Let me start the clock here. And we will be cooking with gas. Um, sponsors, everybody. So here's what's going on. And I'm going to be real with everybody that listens to this podcast. We have about what? 300? 281 as of well, this morning. Well, that's people that have just liked it, though. Can you, ch- you Do you know a number on how many people stream the podcast? Or a rough uh, estimate? The audio is around 55, and then the video's anywhere between 30 and 150-ish. Okay, so let's just say 300 people for the sake. <laughs> We've got 300 people. Now, here's what's going on, you guys. <clears throat> All three of you, hundred of you people, we're tired of asking, but we love asking because we know you're our fans and we don't want to badger you guys. But if all 300 of you just share us and get one more person to listen, that becomes what? 600? That would be 600. I don't math well, but I'm pretty sure that that's, that's pretty good. So if we can get you guys to share it, we appreciate the likes, but the key word in the sentence is share. If you can share it with us, for us, um, you know, get us some more people listening. We'd love it. We'd love to get, you know, what we're talking about out there. It's fun. So, um, that's what we asked. Thank you for all the support. Thank you guys for checking us out. Facebook.com slash whiskey babble, uh, youtube.com slash whiskey babble, www.whiskeybabble.com, uh, at whiskey babble on Twitter. Uh, we got a lot going on there. You guys can check it out. Um, but yeah, the shares are what we need. So we appreciate it. And thank you guys. Um, also, audible.com now matt here we go again no i'm not gonna do it because we've done it every episode so i'm not gonna sit there and go i can't read so you can just tell me what the sponsor is. so audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership just go to audibletrial.com slash whiskey babble and choose from over 180,000 audible programs download a title free and start listening it's that easy Go to audibletrial.com slash whiskey babble. That's audibletrial.com slash whiskey babble and get started today. Dad, you tried it out, right? I did. Yeah, what'd you think about it? Uh, we just finished a 17 hour video or book tape. Oh, wow. Oh, driving to and nice. from Arizona. So it's great. It works, cool. guys. It Ken works. Follett. Ken what? Follett. Ken Place Follett. called Freedom. A place called Freedom. It was good. There you go. And also, you guys, um, Mamuch. 
spelled m-a-m-u-t-e jujitsu he was on i have i always confuse the episode numbers what episode was he on oh 12 12 episode 12 11 episode 11 with bruno so go check it out guys give it a watch learn something um if you go in you'll get a week free if you mention whiskey babble uh normally it's just uh, a one night trial come in try it and that's where you're gonna basically you're gonna get that treatment at any academy you go to um it's kind of the standard try it for a night if you don't like it then bounce but bruno's gonna give you guys a full week to try it out and um you know get accustomed to the gym i'll be there i'm usually there two or three nights a week you can come in and try it out um you know if you want questions or anything i'll be happy to answer them anyways guys let's get started on the podcast whiskey babble Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Mr. Nick. Hello. You see that? He's a Browns fan over here. Do you see that? I saw that. Yeah. What's the Cleveland motto, Dad? There's always next year. There's always next year. The <laughs> Cleveland Browns motto. Yes. <laughs> so one of the one one of the main things um, I actually kind of want to talk to you about. So my dad, um, Saint Nick, has, as he's referred to in many small circles, um, because of his just great generosity stop it what um well speaking of generosity you guys if you guys are watching the video we got these nice headphones thank you uh nick for yeah. for the sponsorship looking on the good headphones. Got we're looking all professional up in here got hosed you hear him <laughs> <laughs> i put you together like a puzzle brother you remember that <laughs> but um yeah so uh you just got back where did you just get back from where were you building houses uh new orleans new orleans yeah. and what was that like it was great it was our uh, ninth year going to uh, New Orleans or other parts of the country working with a group called International Orthodox Christian Charities which is a uh, a relief organization that primarily uh, focuses on other countries and after Hurricane Katrina they decided to do some things within the United States and they've got teams together to go help build homes where there's been devastation oh wow that's really cool that's pretty fun That's awesome. It's uh, hard work, but Some, it's fun. Somebody's actually doing something. That's no, awesome. it's true, dude. He, he's nine years you've gone. Nine wow, years. nine years. And you've gone. Where have all the places you've gone? Uh, New Orleans five times, Houston twice, um, Tom's River, New Jersey one year, and then um, we went to Delaware one year. Oh, tell the Panther story. I want to hear that. Panther story. There's a panther. In New Orleans. Yeah. Sex panther. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Was it fifty percent of the time? Sixty percent of the time. Sixty of the time. Works every, every time. time. <laughs> uh, one time we were actually in New Orleans at a. It was like a retreat camp place, and we had gone out to dinner, and we sat in this outside area that was screened in. If you didn't get screened in, you'd get eaten by mosquitoes. So yeah. anyway, we stayed, stayed in this thing. We hear this horrible screaming. I mean, we thought it was a woman getting attacked or something. It, oh, was, really? it was unbelievable. Wow. It freaked all the, there was like six guys and all was like, what is going on? So the next day we asked the lady that owned the ranch or the, the, place we were staying and she said that it's a panther that lives in the oh. woods so from then on wow. i was like you take watch and get a rock and i'll run to the room and <laughs> it was it was crazy but it was it was horrible the, the sound was frightening yeah so what, the lady got attacked by a panther no that's what they sound like they sound that's like they a sound woman like, it's like, just like a woman yeah, just screaming it's this loud wow. horrible noise oh trip I, out yeah i hope i never hear it again yeah isn't that true yeah kind of uh, blew me away when never heard of new orleans story. panthers but yeah Oh yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, right. Well, they're not this. Never mind. Yeah, I'm no. gonna get involved with it. Yeah. Um, okay, so 
Nick Barson. Uh-oh. He is a uh, huge baseball fan. Can you see the card collection up there? Those are all of his baseball cards. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, baseball all-around sports fan. Um, borderlining on, on the obsess- obsessive. Though. I know, right? Tell me about it. Yeah. So what's... Um, you just do the closet. The other 80,000 <laughs> are in the closet. It's not a joke. True story. It's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what's... Um, okay, so you... Um, okay, so... You started um, with the Postal Service how many years ago? Working with the Postal Service. 1978. 1978. And tell us, you got that job because you applied, but then you went and worked somewhere else. And then... Yeah, it's funny. Is my, I was pretty lazy as a young 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one hair. of those things where... I had I, that long, girly hair. And yeah, I had long hair. And what my, kind of car did you have? I had a, well, I had a 63 push button Valiant and then I had a 72 nice. Camaro. I had a, uh, I had a 62 push button Dart. Nice. There yeah, you go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cool that, my Valiant Those was cool. Button things are awesome. Yeah. Um, so in, in, so I must've been 1975. So I would have been 21 years old. Uh, one morning I woke up and my dad said, get your butt down, go take the post office test. That's post office. I don't want to work for the post office. Go take the post office test. So I went and took go the take test. The post office yeah, go test. take the post office test before I slapped the <laughs> shit out of you. Eastern European yeah. block. So, so I went and took the test. Didn't you hear anything. Like a bitch. Yeah, I didn't hear anything for like three years. And then one day I get this phone call and I'm working at a place called Cherry Rivet in Santa Ana with my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. It was this machine shop. And for me, that's just not, I have to talk to people. I can't look right. at a machine for eight, 10 hours a day. And they called me and they said, would you like a job at the post office? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I came home and told my parents, I think it was right before I was getting married. It was like two months before I was getting married. It was like, yes, I have a career. I have right. something to look forward something to, you know, to speak of. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing too. You know, you don't, when you're, when you look at jobs back then, and you look at jobs now, you don't look at them like careers, right? You know, you look at a job now like, oh shit, how long am I going to be here for until I can move yeah. on to my next spot? You don't go, well, 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. down the line. It's very rare these days to actually at least as a young man to get into something where, all right, I can see myself here for 30, 30 years or 40 yeah. years. It, it, or took, it took three years. A part of it, most of it was due to the, uh, can you not uh, hit the mic stand? I'm please? sorry. <laughs> due you. to the Vietnam war, the vet, all the vets were right. getting out there. We had first priority with the jobs, which was mm-hmm. awesome. That's, you know, I'm glad how it should be. Yeah, it mm-hmm. should be. And uh, it just took three years to, to get on. So it was really, that's crazy. Surprising years, and fun. Yeah. yeah. That was a great job. Now, what did your, um, only because I think his life is so interesting. That's why I feel like this Jeez. is going to be kind of a, uh, no, I really do. I you really are boring. Do. No, no, no. I, I really do. But like, um, so I want this, this podcast to be just like kind of a learning, you know, about normal people. So I want this to kind of be a progression of, uh, of, you know, what a normal person that works hard can accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what did your progression look like, uh, within the post office? What did you tell me about it? As far as the type of jobs I had? Yeah. Where did you start? How long were you there? What did you do? Well, I started off as a letter carrier, carried mail for about eight years. Um, was a union steward for a short period of time. Do you have any dog stories from when you were? <laughs> I only got bit once. Yeah. Only one, only one time. It was bit, the dog bit me on the, uh, the leg and I actually pulled my pants down on the street to make sure the dog didn't break the skin because <laughs> I was afraid I'd have to go chase it, chase it down, but it didn't break the skin. I was like, oh, all right. Wow. And it was like within my first two weeks there and I was scared to death from that. Didn't on. one of them chase you on a car one time? No, that wasn't. <laughs> that's another guy. A guy named Bill Sheehan. 
Um, I think he's he's deceased now, but so we could say his name. Yeah, he can say his name. <laughs> but uh, Bill had this route. It was out rural by Stanton, and uh, this dog every day chased him, chased his vehicle. I wonder one what day it is that, about dogs and, and, milk, and milk. I don't know. I think because you come into their turf or something. But also like fire hydrants and dogs are just weird, man. They <laughs> got they, some though? weird like yeah. tendencies to them, but. Yeah. So the dog would bite his tires, and it was one of those the jokes. Were, <laughs> the jokes were tire button. He finally he finally ran over the dog one day. He came back, and he's like, "I got him! <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, yeah, I got him! He's gone. That dog never bit me again. It was pretty oh, funny, but yeah. So I, so anyway, I carried mail for for eight years, roughly. Uh, supervised uh, letter carriers uh, for a couple of years, and then got involved with uh, labor relations. Actually, I got involved with safety. And um, did that for about a year and a half. And then my boss asked me if I was interested in injury comp. So I did injury comp for a few years. Then became the safety manager for a few years for our Santa Ana district. And then uh, got into labor relations. And I was in labor relations for about 20 years. Oh, wow. So from I started in 78 and I left the Postal Service in uh, 2011. Now, did you have like, okay, I mean, obviously that wasn't your life path. You weren't setting out to do that job, but did you, from where you were at, see those positions and go, I could, that looks fun. I want to try that. That looks like something I want to do or. Um, I, I definitely did not want to do. Or was it just more money and you said. Well, I didn't want to do injury comp and I didn't want to do safety. My boss had asked me, Hey, I, you know, I'm in a pinch. We just. But why didn't you want to do those though? It's just boring. I just thought it oh. wouldn't be fun. I wanted to deal with the unions. I wanted to negotiate. I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted to deal with the unions. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I I wanted to do that. I wanted to be able to talk to people and go out and do you know do office visits and that kind of thing. And and that was the path I wanted. And just took me three or four extra years to get there. But I, I eventually got there. Yeah. Okay. Not that not that I'm trying to say anything about negative about the unions, but because um, I know we it's a, a topic that we we have to kind of stay off limits on in certain respects. But what um. I understand that they served like a type of purpose, you know, in the twenties and the thirties, getting a hundred people out of a single room with no fire codes and stuff like that. Now, what are the unions doing nowadays? Like that's something I'm actually really interested in. What What is there to fight for still? There's so many safety laws. There's so many compensation laws. There's so many rules like that. What What are they fighting for? Well, I think a, a lot of those rules and a lot, a lot of those laws were due to their political influences over the years too. Mm-hmm. So I think. You know, the you're, like you said, in the 20s and 30s, the unions were, you know, instead of some kid 12 years old making eight cents a day working in a meat house, you know, they've, they got fair wages for people and negotiated benefits over the years. Um, and now I think they're, they maintain those benefits, try to, to put together a professional workforce and try to, um, you know, have them uh, provide good jobs and to make sure they're compensated accordingly and mm-hmm. they'll get to work safely. Why, um, I don't know, maybe you can't answer this, but why in like the early times, um, you know, the thirties and stuff like watching boardwalk empire, for example, why was, why were unions always kind of associated with like crime bosses and stuff like that? Was, was there an easy influence or I, I don't know. I just no think idea. maybe, just, <laughs> you know, it, I don't know how to say this, but it, the unions, I mean, it's a business too. So what you're going to do is you're going to get members, and the more members you get, the more money that the union is obviously going to make, right. and they have to pay their staff and pay their lights and pay their bills. So um, I, I think it's a big business too that they get their cut of everybody's, you know, monthly dues, and so that's probably how it started. I don't, I really don't know, but that's if I had a guess, that's what I'd say. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Well, I was going to talk about. Um, we were talking about the unions and the safety, and then influence. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
I had like a come to Jesus moment the other day, Matt. Oh yeah? Yeah, I really did. So I was driving my car and, um, did you let him take the wheel? I did let him take the wheel. It didn't end well. So, um, but (laughs) have you seen that video where, um, it's a guy like driving this car and he's got his hands off of the steering wheel and he's like, Jesus, it's like somebody and like the hair, the hair's blowing in the wind and he comes in and grabs the steering wheel and helps him drive. Anyways. So I was driving and I was listening to that WTF podcast. Did you hear about that one Mm -mm. where the dude had Obama on? In his garage in LA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he was explaining it and he's like, I'm sitting here right now. And he goes, and I have a sniper on my head. Because <laughs> cause it was just him and Obama in the garage. There was no secret service. Tri- there was nothing. So he's like, I've got a sniper pointed at my head right now. And I guarantee just, you there was 300 of them outside. Oh, right yeah. Oh, there was, the everybody was around. Yeah. It was, and they they'd, they um, they had sweeped his entire like oh, I'm sure property multiple times and they were posted up at all the doors. They had to shut down his whole neighborhood and he was like talking on the pike. He's like, I feel like a dick because monitoring his, <laughs> his past cell phone transactions. Oh yeah. Or... He's like, he's like, I feel like a dick because my entire <laughs> block is shut down. All my neighbors are looking at me. Yeah, like, they thought he was a dick too. <laughs> what probably, asshole yeah. man. But, um, but you know, I, I was sitting there and I was listening to, to Obama talk and I've had this whole, um, I've had a very kind of like, you know, negative, attitude towards Obama and um, you know just whatever and then I kind of sat there and I was listening to him talk and I said this is just a normal dude no he's not no listen that's (laughs) not what I mean though but I'm like this is just a normal dude and he's just a figurehead for whatever large corporations are actually running what's going on you know what I mean and like if you think that Obama really has any power in what's being passed and what's being said and what's being whatever I'm like yeah he goes out there and he reads it but I really don't think he believes half yeah, that it's just shit. A mouthpiece. He's just a mouthpiece, and I kind of had to come to Jesus moment. Like maybe he's not a bad guy. Mm. Yeah, like, probably still a bad guy. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> well, did you see that one? I think we talked about it on the one episode. No, 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 no. On the one episode of um, Blacklist, was it you that watches Blacklist? Mm-hmm. Where it was they're breeding that senator. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, did you you watched Blacklist with me, didn't you? Mm-hmm. With James Bader. Yeah. Anyways, so they were they were talking about. Um, there's this. Every episode of the show, they um, they show a specific criminal from the FBI's like most wanted list that we don't know about as people. You know, they're really dark, really shady people. And um, this guy who was the greatest criminal in the world turned himself in to help them find these criminals. Anyways, there was this one criminal. He's called the Kingmaker. And what he would do was he would, um, what's you laugh, but it's really believable. <laughs> like, like some of the stuff they talk about, it's really, really believable. But, um, this dude's job was to like spend his life molding people to be senators and presidents. And like, there's one scene where, um, he's talking to the guy and he goes, all right, so here's what's going to go on. He's like, you're going to go up this bridge and there's going to be a car that's going to hit you and your wife and your newborn kid are going to die. And he goes, but, you know, at the end of it, you're going to come out looking like a hero. You're going to pull them out from the car wreck and, and you're going to be a senator. Yeah. And everybody's going to vote for you and you're going <laughs> to be king. But that's right? how it is. And he's like, and he's like, and you're going to be a senator. So can you handle that? And like, and it's crazy because the guy's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I have to if I want to be senator. Right. And like they go, th- it's a trip because I totally believe in stuff like that. Dude. I, I think totally there's, I think people yeah, are yeah, set. Yeah, their career know. paths are set or people help them through their career paths. I mean, even Obama, they, they probably saw somebody with some prospect and they thought, this guy's a guy we can develop. Yeah. You know, like him or don't like him, I'm not gonna get, get into the politics of it, but if he would have had a couple of more years under his belt as a senator, as a congressman, you know, had some 
some time in, I think he probably would have been a better president. Maybe. But, but yeah, whatever. He um, kind of did get in, thrown into it pretty young. Yeah, he was in the pretty young and, and very inexperienced as far as uh, years. You know, some of those guys that are president were in the Congress for 50 years, you know, before they became president. Do we need to take him out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am allergic to cats. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what, you keep the conversation going and I'll get the cat out of here. So ask, ask him questions and keep ask it going. Ask him questions. There goes Alex the cat. Yeah. It, it, it would be fine. It just he's bumping the tripod. Yeah. I hate when somebody bumps my tripod. It's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> Anybody else in this room getting pussy? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> that's your son. Yeah, that's him. I should have eaten him when he was born. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It might have been worse that way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then he'd be inside you. That dumb cat. <laughs> he's, he's a cool cat, but he's, he's very vocal. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was a lull. How was that? Yeah, sorry. I wasn't really paying attention because yeah. I was paying attention to the cat, so I, I lost where we were at. Yeah. Those uh, sores on your cheek, they'll clear up. Yeah, they'll be, be yeah, fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. And now we were just talking about a little bit of politics and right. stuff. And so, what, um, what was that deal... Um, when I was writing for my econ class and you had told me um, about one time when you had like a $10 million budget put in front of you or something like that. What was that story? Uh, that was my budget when I was the injury comp manager. And what did that like entail? So you, they gave you $10 million to spend on what? Well, they are, you know, each district has an X amount of dollars, you know, allotted to them. And each district then breaks that allotment down into different functions. Mm -hmm. And for the injury comp function, based on how many people we had on disability or how many people we had out on injuries, my budget was $10 million uh, for the two wow. or three years I was the actual injury comp safety manager at the, the hmm. district. So it's a lot of money. It is. Is a lot that of why money. it's like $55 to mail yeah, something to yeah, my mom yeah, in Florida? It is. No, it's because that guy that's bringing the letters. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys. You know, the workers' comp for, for the government, is it's interesting because if you get disabled, you get paid 75% of your salary tax-free. Wow. So that's, you know, there's that's not a crazy. whole lot of You get a job with the government and go break your leg. It's, yeah, it's just not a whole lot of incentive for some people that might tend to want to be like that would right. come back to work. I mean, I could, that's, that's get, give me a raise. If I'm in a 28% tax bracket... I, I, you know, 25% taxed. I just made 3%. Exactly. Yeah. Home, you're, you know, tell me, pretty, uh, right? tell me that. Can you tell the story of the dude that was using the, the exercise equipment? <laughs> yeah, sure. Just don't say any names. Yeah. Tell the story. Any, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, first off the, so the postal inspectors, yeah. Uh, postal inspectors, a lot of times will, have you ever heard of the postal inspectors or what they are or anything like that? I've heard the term. I don't, they're pretty much what they do. They're pretty much like, Full jurisdiction in the United States, correct? Yeah, they're, they're almost like marshals, like they're badasses. Oh, wow, okay. they're, they can do whatever they want. I think they're only the only federal police or any federal agency at all that can open mail. And so the only federal, agency yeah, the only that, federal agency can yeah. open mail. Um, I'm sure well, Homeland, Se Homeland Security <laughs> might be able to do it now. Reading in the <laughs> Patriot Act, yeah, right? Maybe. True. <laughs> um, yeah, so they would do tests. They did a couple of things. They um, hold on, just to cut you off. Have you seen the new um, the preview for the new Snowden movie? with mm -mm. Michael Fassbender playing um, mm -mm. Snowden. Now, did you watch Citizen Four? No. Okay, so... I don't get out much. Well, Citizen Four... <laughs> out baby, you're not doing much, yeah. <laughs> That's true. But Citizen Four... Okay, first off, um, I am completely like Snowden. I want to support him, 
because I think what he did was right because I think that's bullshit that we were being monitored yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that some of the stuff he released was questionable and did put people in danger. Like, I get yeah. that. So it was like a double-edged sword. You want to cheer for the guy, but he's also the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But um, Citizen Four was a really interesting movie because he taught... they they interview him it's a sit-down interview with him before he left because of like extradition laws you know right so um but he talks about it and he goes like he's they sit him in a room okay Mm -hmm. this is what really tripped me out he's in a random hotel room and uh, he's there with the the two people that are interviewing him and they're actually two really well-known reporters that got like stripped of their credentials because of they interviewed Snowden and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Funny how that works. It's <laughs> unbelievable. So, um, shocker. So yeah. he's sitting there and he, and he looks in, and he looks at the phone and he picks up the phone and he unplugs the phone. And then he actually like takes apart the phone and like unhooks like the main board in the phone. And they're like, what are you doing? And he goes, they can monitor you through that. And he goes, and they're like, what are you talking about? And he goes, if they wanted to, they could turn that phone into a microphone. Yeah. And they could listen to this any, whole conversation. Any device with a microphone in it. All, oh, like, yeah. all remotely. And like the, the guys are sitting there like, are you shitting me? <laughs> and then like the fire alarm kept going off like every 10 minutes. So um, he calls down to the front desk and he goes, hey, what's going on with this fire alarm? And they're like, oh, we're running tests, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, he goes, they're not running tests. They're trying to disrupt the audio. He goes, they know I'm here right now. They're trying to disrupt. <laughs> so they got up in the middle of the interview and left. Like they, they booked it out of this hotel because he knew that like wow. NSA was coming down on him or whatever. It was a trip. What and a it, life to have. Dude, like, like uh, I mean, and it, constantly it, in fear. He straight up. And well, dude, the guy was brilliant. And, and like could write code and like knew everything and, and that's what he you know that's what mm-hmm. he did and then um to just like bomb on the government like that i mean there's a lot of monsters you want to tangle with but i don't think i'd want to tangle with a government from any country not just the u.s but especially uh, that facet of the united states government right just because yeah. it's so secretive information and, yeah. you know what i mean it's scary shit what were we talking about and you're like hey thanks nsa for joining the conversation who's <laughs> didn't johnson something no, jackass kevin oh what did he say <laughs> he sent us a picture of the fireworks oh yeah <laughs> he's like hey do you guys want some uh some premium grade a explosives <laughs> and i was like oh hey nsa thanks for joining yeah, welcome, welcome yeah, to the yeah, conversation yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your fireworks so back to what you were saying about the guy well you You've seen stings like where the the, the uh, New York PD did at one time. They mm-hmm. sent, "Hey, can you know, come you, get your free boat?" They no, did no, that on no, the Simpsons. Come, they come did free, on the Simpsons. Come get your free angel or uh, angel. Come get your free Yankee tickets. Um, uh-huh. You know, come whatever. And they wound up nailing these deadbeat dads that they couldn't find by offering them tickets. So they came and, and yeah, they, they showed up. To Thirty or forty guys showed up and they arrested <laughs> them all. Got all these deadbeat dads. But it was kind of similar. Uh-huh. They've done things where you know they'll test people or or. Um, uh, try to work ways to catch them that are fraudulent <laughs> and and so what they'll do then this one scenario was they had this piece of exercise equipment and they sent them this thing in the mail and said hey it's like 30 day free trial or whatever and it, <laughs> I love it dude said, yeah. I love it yeah I'd like to oh, try yeah, let's do it so they try it so then like two or three people responded and said hey this is a great idea this is really a cool device thank you very much said hey if you only like you want to do a video for us <laughs> yeah. get it free get it free <laughs> so they, got, they came and they did the video and then of course they arrested them like for, these dudes for complaining like comp fraud you know? These guys like saying they had broken backs and shit, and they're on like versa climbers, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. on working out. That's, yeah, they they have very uh, very 
a lot of techniques they can use and it's it's interesting That's to funny. watch yeah now what does um what does the government do or what did your position do to compensate for um like different cultures because i know like you had didn't you have an instance where somebody was i know we've talked about it the squatty potty where i was one time squatting over the toilet to squatty potty yep i tried to squat saw, to, i saw one of those the other day dude, at, laura, uh, dude at, laura and i were at bed bath and beyond, bed, bath and beyond. I, was, <laughs> I was buying coffee stuff and i was like there's a squatty potty can i get it and she's like no you can't have the squatty potty because <laughs> i like legitimately wanted it but um but because i know that there was a story you were telling me one time where somebody was from a different culture um was squatting on the toilet and they slipped and fell and broke their ankle like their, their foot fell in the toilet and they fell forward and snapped their ankle that's true so was there was there a way uh, first off i want to hear more stories about that after this but any more crazy <laughs> stories you might have but second off what does the government have a, a, a way to to compensate for that i mean that's a cultural identity that's not something that you can they just pay them off or well well, not pay them off. That's the wrong term. But do they compensate them? And well, if you get hurt at work, doing you're going to be, anything, you're be compensated. Unless you're being negligent. Right. And that's, well, that's negligence, nah, isn't that's it? Not, that's not being no. negligent. I think that's just, like you said, it's a cultural thing. And the person slipped, fell, broke their leg. The part that got the person in trouble was they lied about this. It. Oh, I, I wasn't standing on the toilet seat. Really? Well, how come your right leg is wet? You know, for, right below the brake. So that was the kind of kind of thing. But yeah, it's uh, if you get hurt at work, virtually anything you do, yeah, unless, uh, unless you're, you're, like you're drunk or you know, running high with, or something, running with scissors or yeah, something. Even like running that, with yeah. scissors. I've, we've had people open with their badge kind of cockeyed through the gate and wind up breaking their arm because the gate opened and they pinned their arm. Like, what a moron. People are stupid, Why do you man. just wait for, you know, somebody like to come running, out or something? The running you know? theme on this podcast is just the stupidity yeah, of people. Oh, I know. But, yeah, you, you <laughs> every day I'm astounded. Every day. How the world has not imploded upon itself yet. Oh, it blows yeah. It's social Darwinism, <laughs> dude. I've already said it before. I said it with the, the Dubious John podcast where we just need to remove caution labels <laughs> and let the, let, let the problem sort <laughs> itself out. Yeah. Like, see how many idiots drink bleach. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that that's what needs to be done like <laughs> i'm gonna eat the do not eat packets yeah right yeah uh, i just i feel like it needs to happen man yeah so what um what uh because and you've you've told me so many crazy stories one of my favorite stories uh, about my dad is uh the tell the fart story the what story the fart story where she scared you from behind at the post office and then <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah <laughs> yeah i was talking on the phone and it's one of those situations where it's like you're <laughs> trying to squeeze one off not I'm quiet about it right and she came this, this woman I worked with came out of me and goes hey and she poked me on the side and I was like oh yeah and I started and started doing it with his mouth dude it was great to play it off and even I laughed at it I'm thinking about it. oh my gosh did she hear this yeah. oh boy you know, some guy that laughed it off it was a woman at work I was like oh my gosh I can't believe I just did this but yeah and I called, told my wife and it was like oh man she's like flipper on the floor laughing and oh, I thought this is embarrassing Embarrassing. But thanks for bringing that up in front of, you know, all 212 12 people you have. Oh, uh, don't worry about it. Laura laughs the most. You know, she, she thinks I have like a colon problem. She's like, you <laughs> fart so much. She goes, are you like now that we have the, like our new insurance, like, you need to go see the doctor. And I'm like, I just fart. Yeah. Like, it chew your food. You know what I mean? Yeah, chew your food. Hey, you know what, have man? A, have a vegetable. Well, Matt and I were just talking. If you can't joke about it. Oh, and, I know, yeah. And, and you can't talk about it. And I, I personally, I'm not going to say anything that relates to it, but when it comes to racism, sexism, anything like that, nothing should be taboo. You should be able to joke about it and laugh about it because that's what we, you know, that's what people do. You yeah. joke about it, but then you get all the... But you can joke and laugh at your own race and your own culture, just not someone else's. Yeah, I don't buy that. Yeah, but, I know, but that's, that's the way it is. So whether you buy it or not, that's... 
the, feel that mediation that that you know what I mean. Oh, listen, listen to it's me. almost a dadism. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so oh, by, the, by the way, speaking of dadisms, you you complained uh, the other time a couple uh, weeks ago on the show about. Uh, hold on, let me. He calls me out stop. on stuff I say on the podcast. Yeah, like when I made the mention that Pujols was from the Blue Jays. Yeah. he's like, "No, you retard. He's from St. Louis." And I was like, "Oh, my bad." So I just, just so, <laughs> so so you said, "Oh yeah." So we my, got we got one listener in the room. Yeah, so that's good, right? <laughs> so you said, "Oh yeah, yeah." My dad, he uh, he volunteered to hit. It was kind of like those things, the guy that wants to move you, and he says, "Hey, anytime you need to move, you know, don't do it." <laughs> So I said, yeah, I asked for some headphones and he blew me off. And I was like, wait a minute. I told you I'd make bumper stickers and little cards to put it, you know, put a chain reaction on the cars, you know. I can show you the emails. Yeah, okay. I can show the okay. emails. <laughs> you made or are they going to disappear like up. Hillary Clinton's? Hillary Clinton's emails? Yeah. And first off, what, do you know the story behind that? I don't even know the story behind that or why it's an issue. Uh, I don't know the... She really wants them out, though. That's what she said today. Yeah. I heard. Well, uh, first off, who gives a shit about private emails? What do they say? Well, they mentioned Benghazi, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Big that, fuck up on the Obviously, she used she used her own personal email address apparently for Secretary of State business, which no. it, wasn't that part of it. It, it was. Let's find it out. It was the the Secretary of State email, but it was her own personal server or something like that. Yeah, it was so something it wasn't weird. Secure and because you know. I, I worked at Homeland Security after I left the post office, I went there for three well, years. Can we talk about this? Well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I went there and worked for, in labor relations, but just the firewalls and the passwords. Oh, yeah, I'm I, had, sure. I had to keep a sheet of paper on me just to log on to my computer. So if she was doing stuff on her phone without through the secure lines, mm-hmm. and she's a she's a big wig. I'm a flunky and had to do all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's probably a problem with with her as far as your bunch of security of some sort. I just want to know where the line gets drawn. You know, if, if she goes out there and she says, I don't like Obama because he's black. You know what I mean? Like, that's her own opinion. Where do we draw the line to be able to go into this? Like, like that big debacle with the, the CEOs that their emails went out and mm-hmm. they were saying things about actors and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, like Warner Brothers or somebody. Yeah, some, it, that yeah. really kind of cheesed me off a little bit because I'm like, that's private emails that somebody stole and released. And these are these people's own private opinions that they were saying back and forth to each other. Like, could you imagine if our group text got released? No, oh, we'd be like, ruined. We'd be monsters. <laughs> like, people would think we were monsters. We are monsters. Well, that's yeah. true. But, but Adam you, thinks you guys are monsters. Yeah, right? <laughs> we call Compliment him, dude. That guy's a god among men, man. He, he walks is. tall. He walks tall amongst us plebs, you know? Like, he's just whatever. But, um, but yeah, you know, it, that kind of really cheesed me off. So, it's like, it's, it, and that's, I think, like, you came from Homeland, so you, you know, you know about it. But when it comes to, like, the whole privacy issue of what America's, Americans are going through, it really kind of starts to, like, where do we draw the line? Just with the, where our world is going in general. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to get on some religious or political rant, but it really kind of interests me. It's like, where do we draw the line? What is going to be okay for me to text my wife? Nothing. You know what I mean? Before I just stop texting her, before I just give up on it or text my parents or text my friends before somebody calls me out and goes, Hey, you can't say uh, stupid in a text. You know, that's degrading her as a person. And I'm like, no, she's acting like an idiot. I can say stupid, you know, or or where where does the line get drawn? You know what I mean? But. Yeah, mom says that all the time. That political correctness is going to ruin this country. Absolutely, that, you know. I mean, it's it's 100%. sad, dude. It's sad. You look at like, and that's the thing too. I I totally believe that that whole theory behind the customer is always right is is just complete bullshit. And maybe that's because for the last I'm 27. For the last nine years of my life, I've worked in customer service, which is funny too, because how much I hate people, I love customer service. I really do. I really... I I can't stand customer service. The one person though... Can't do it. Here's the thing, dude. When I worked in the fitness industry, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You would get, 
you know, hey man, your your card got declined. F you, mother effer. I my card didn't get declined. It's like okay, I'm not making this shit up just to make your life hard. I was like, I really, yeah, I really wanted to get, I really wanted to get yelled at today. So right. let me let me tell you about this. I'm like, dude, it's showing me right there. So fix the card or you can't come in. Like it's that simple. You know what I mean? So you get a lot of stuff like that. But then, um, you know, you would also get the the few people that would be like, hey, you know, I come in every day. You know, I had a really shitty day today. My wife left me. We, I got that right. a few times, dude. My wife left me. I found out my wife was cheating on me. I got fired today or whatever. So, and, will you let me in free? No, but you come in. Like, every time I come right. in, um, you know, you got to smile. You say, hey, welcome. You know, have a great workout. And, that, you know, it, it, it cheers me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that kind of makes it worth it. You know what I mean? For the 10 shitty I don't know, people. Man, I, but, I but, did it for a couple years in high school and... Then I went into computers because they don't talk back. But, mm-hmm. but but even at like, but even at, you know, like from my current job, which is customer relations and customer service, you know, you get somebody and you tell them the wait time is going to be X amount of hours and they get mad at you. And it's like, I didn't wake up today and go, hey, I just feel like telling everybody that this is what the wait time is because I really want them to yell at me. How can I piss people off today? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like people, and that's the thing too, because there's this, this whole fear of, oh, well, you got to be nice to them because they're going to get a Yelp review or they're going to get a survey. And, right. oh, I hate Yelp, dude. I hate it. I'm going to, I actually saw a thing I wanted to talk about it on this episode, but it's like worst Yelp reviews. Hold on. Worst Yelp reviews. <laughs> it's like a continuation of the hotel reviews. But yeah, but Did like, you listen to yeah, the, I just thought about that. They're funny, huh? The, the sand's dirtier than the picture. What? The, the, yeah. It was, uh, the sand was, uh, not as white as in the your, photo. in your photos oh, yeah. was white, but it was more yellow and more morons. <laughs> but no, cause there was one where I read where it said, um, <laughs> this dude was running a Yelp review for some restaurant and it was like a small family owned restaurant, like mm-hmm. six employees or something. And he goes, so I was the only one in the restaurant and an ice cream truck went by the entire staff dropped everything and went out to the ice cream truck and just left me in there and then everybody came back about 10 15 minutes later all with ice cream and the, did he and, get one and the, no he and, and he's like and they that would piss me off that's what he said. he's like and they didn't bring me one he goes what kind of service is this and then like everybody's like everybody's it was on imager and everybody's comments were like that's like the greatest yelp review ever right <laughs> like, like where is this restaurant i think that's awesome people being people yeah. you know what i mean but it's it's really getting bad and i think people are kind of moving away from that whole um, like customer service aspect because I've noticed in a couple facets, you know, people are coming in with coupons, expired coupons and stuff like that for certain businesses and they're going, mm-hmm. no, sorry about your bad luck, you know. Yeah. But or, then a lot of places just like, all right, whatever, it's it's not worth the battle, just accept the coupon. But in some but what I'm saying now is some people are now saying like be hard headed. Like oh, really? because like because we've like we've we've created a culture and now we have to break that culture. And it's going to be hard and you're going to get some pissed off people. But, you know, that's the truth. You know, you just got to. If you don't like it, go on Amazon. Oh, dude, I use everything on Amazon. <laughs> everything about Amazon. Dude, they were talking about how Amazon's become like, a, like a, a monopoly. And I was like, I don't care. They give me what I want cheap and fast. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't, who cares? And they did it the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. How they can get a package from Indiana to here in a day and a half and only charge me $3 for shipping. It's exactly. <laughs> if, the, if USPS could do that, then we'd have a different story. But they can't. Hey, keep it down, keep it down. <laughs> they're listening. <laughs> what, um, do you have any other, what's the, who is, uh, you always used to tell us about Chang. What's that story? Is his name Chang? Mm-hmm. Tell the story. What What about him? He was a letter carrier that I used to work with. What are you pointing at me for? He was a manager, wasn't well, he? He was a letter carrier first, 
and then he became a supervisor, and he was my supervisor. Are you still friends with him? Do you still talk to him? Um, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I talked to him about a year ago, I think. Yeah, I happened to random see him in Brea at a restaurant. Hmm. Um, yeah, he was he was from Korea. He served like four years in the Korean military in the, uh-huh. in the United States and served like another four years. Over there, the, doctor, over here. Stop okay. it. <laughs> stop it. Anyway, and Chang had a really heavy accent, and everybody would ride him. You know, this is... You know, these guys were fresh from Vietnam. So right. It was, mm-hmm. it was brutal. And that was back in the day when, you know, everything wasn't so politically correct. And they'd ride this guy and, and he'd talk and he'd get mad and he'd, he'd get flustered and you could hardly understand him when he got flustered. It was, it was fun to, to mess with him. <laughs> there was, I, I'll tell one Chang story. There was, um, whenever a letter carrier needs, need, this is, I don't know if this is still true now, but when I carried mail, you would have to fill out a form that said I needed overtime and how much mail you had and why you needed the overtime, right? Mm-hmm. You submitted it. You had like a slot for your route number and you put your your, your slip in there and, and ask for overtime. And your boss would come back and say, yeah, no, you can't have it today, but yeah, or you can, whatever. So we took this, I took a sheet of these, uh, a pad of these to this Korean place. It was called the Omega Burger on my route. Mm-hmm. And I, Isn't that still open? No, it's gone. Oh, there and is I, an Omega th- there's Burger. There's one in orange. A, a yeah, in orange. I'm thinking of a Apollo Burger. Yeah, the, this one's in orange. There's one in orange, but this one was... By the circle, right? Yeah. yeah. This one oh, was, yep, this it is. Anaheim. You're right. <laughs> Going up Chapman. Yeah. So so anyway, we went in there and asked him. I said, hey, you, can you fill us out in Korean for me? I, I heard a loud slam. Did you hear it? I think somebody just bumped one of the... Uh, okay. or something. I'm Nobody sorry. Probably me. It's probably you. Um, fine. Yeah. Jackass. I know. I move my hands and talk. Um, and so I had this Korean owner of this store or this restaurant write one of these forms out for me. You know, too much mail. And, and so I went home, of course. I did like 50 of them. And so the next day I went to work and I gave him all the guys. And so we turned him in. It was like... About, you know, you turn him in about 15 minutes later, he would check him and then he'd, he'd talk to you. And he, I said, Boston, Boston, you get your ass in the closet right now. He, the closet me. was where he'd reprimand him. The closet was where he'd talk to you, give you discussions. He brought me, he knew it was me and I got hosed for it. Anyway, and then later on he laughed about it, but it was, it was pretty funny. You get yeah. in the closet. Get in the closet. Right he was so mad at me. Oh my goodness. And we, I mean, I've had him over my house probably a dozen times over the years, we know and stuff. So he's a good friend of mine, but. And we, I just reminded him of that story not too long ago. We cracked up about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he still, he still sounds the same too. His accent's still there. Mm-hmm. Some people just never lose it. Yeah, my dad didn't. He had his accent from the day he came to the United States until he died. And, mm-hmm. You know, it just never. I mean, there were times where he would talk, and my wife would go. I go. He said, "You know, we're going to church tomorrow." Or whatever. Oh, hey, thanks. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. That was strong. We really strong accent, so it was kind of funny. It's touching back on what we said, what what have you seen like personally? Um, only because you're like the first adult we've actually had on the podcast. What's your what's what is your progression of like the political correctness? Like, what have you seen it come to from when you were younger? Well, I don't. You go all the way back to Martin Luther King stuff. I mean, it was racism was horrible in the United States in the fifties and sixties. I mean, you you mm-hmm. just watch any Martin Luther King special and see what happened. Um, and thank God, all that's changed, and you know everything's equal. And at least that's what we're striving for. And it's, it's still still issues, yeah. But uh, from from what it was back then to now, I just I just don't understand how somebody can treat another person. That allows you know if you're an ass, I get it. Right. Just because you're black, you're, you're white, you're brown, it. I just don't. Get, I just don't understand. I can't even perceive doing that to somebody. Exactly. Because of a color, or race, or sexual orientation, or anything political. Just be who you are just, and you know, do what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I mean, it was really, really bad then. Lynchings, killings, that kind of thing. 
um, to where it's at least there's laws in place now, and there's there's civil rights acts. And right. now, when you were when you were growing up in the '70s and stuff like that, did, were you hearing about some of that stuff going on, like lynchings and beatings? And was that still going on in the '70s? It it wasn't going on in the '70s. It was going on probably in late '50s and early '60s. I was young, but. I can remember hearing bits and pieces of it, but but the media wasn't like it is now. The now I can click. On my, I hate the media. I, I can click on my <laughs> iPhone and know what uh, Hillary Clinton did five minutes ago. Right. Yeah. You know, back then it was like somebody would some issue would happen and you wouldn't hear about it for two weeks till mm-hmm. the carrier pigeon brought the you know brought the news link to somebody's newspaper right. and they printed it out. So everything's, I think, there's good and bad. If you're in a pinch. In emergency, it's good to have all this technology. I think sometimes technology, you get overloaded. It's a dub- yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, you've got your phone, your laptop, the phone's ringing. How do you, it's hard to even concentrate sometimes. I mean, look at everything that's in this room right yeah, now recording yeah. this podcast. That's right. So that's what, okay, so I don't know if we touched on the last episode, but speaking of what you're talking about and the media and everything, um, going back to Matt, I think we're talking about smoke screens. I don't know, a while back, how the media kind of shows you what they want you to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they're talking about this whole big thing about the Confederate flag, which first off, I think it's ridiculous, but that's a different story. And then the whole thing on the whole uh, gay rights, like gays getting being allowed to mar- get married right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like all of my, all of my, my theory, my theory on that, and I actually, I'm stealing this. I don't know who I'm stealing it from because it's just a random post on the internet. But it said like, look, I'm a heterosexual male in a monogamous marriage monogamous marriage and it's like i'm gonna wake up tomorrow a heterosexual male in a monogamous marriage you know what i mean like exactly who gives a shit but anyways um they were saying that that was all in masks like everybody's throwing the stuff in our face the media because other things were going on and one yeah it's yeah that trans-pacific partnership was the one thing that uh, that they said that that, that was masking that you whole getting your uh, your conspiracy theories going again? No, Obama. It's signed in the legislation. It's on thewhitehouse.com. I'm looking at it, mm-hmm. but it was this. It's this big trade. That was a porn site. No, <laughs> no, that's the. Never mind. No, that, that's whitehouse.com, not yeah, .gov. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. whitehouse.com. Stop um, it. <laughs> but no, no, but but that's what you know. I, I've not. It's not even conspiracy theories. It's just like being a an informed citizen. Yeah, it's not really a conspiracy. Like, I mean, it's confirmed that they do that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, they throw something to get all, the whole nation riled up. You know what I mean? And while then, something else is going on, while yeah. something secret is going on that they're mm-hmm. trying to pass because nobody will you know, focus on it yep. or whatever, but jet fuel can't melt steel beams. So there's that. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I think too, a lot of times the, the media just plays stuff up. They, they look like recently, what is it? The, the, the Amy church and a, a bunch of black churches in the right. South have been mm-hmm. burned. And God forbid if that's true. I mean, I, I don't know. What you don't know, though, is how many white churches churches might have been burned. And, and that's it's, too yeah, the bandwagoning thing. But see, right now, it's other. whatever's whatever's hot. If if, exactly. if if there was a white racism issue and a bunch of white churches, that's what they focus on. Mm-hmm. If it's Hispanic, it would be the Hispanic. They focus it's, on yeah, everything that's whatever's hot now. And then as soon as it switches... You know, it's bandwagoning. Yeah, it's, it's one horrible. one story comes out, and then everybody jumps on the it's same all issue. Drama. And it's all what's you know breaking news now. It's like you know, not everything's breaking news. Nope. And every day you watch Channel Seven, it's something's breaking. Everything news. is breaking yeah. news. Yeah, hold on. I'm Google. I saw this statistic, and let me see here if I can find it. Looking it up. Looking it up. 
this. I better have some more whiskey. Sorry, bro. Well, now that every every one of the viewers has uh, stopped listening to this yeah. episode, yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, that's killer, bro. No, it was just a, it was just a thing showing that like the media the media shows you what you want to see. Yeah. And one of the things was like um, going on with that uh, that jerk off that shot up the church. Um, What's his name? Well, I think that's what started this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's sort of the whole Confederate flag deal because, you know, yeah, whatever. I think it's just so, a hot issue. It's a trigger point right now. for. Yep. It's a hot point. Whatever whatever happens to be. Whatever controversial issue. Like the whole, the whole police officers killing black people. Yeah, that's gone. That's that's dead now because oh, now weird. you've got something, yeah. something On else. On to the next. Yeah. Well, okay. So, for example, I found it. So, it says Suge Knight and it says... Body count one, so Suge Knight killed one person, mm-hmm. and his bail was at twenty five million. Right, and then it said Bobby Schmurda. I don't know if you that is. He's a rapper that was. I think he was filed with like domestic abuse or something like that. His bail was set at two million, uh-huh. and then it goes uh, Dylan Roof, the, right. the guy that shot at the church, nine dead, and his bail was one million. Right, mm-hmm. so they're saying you know um, why is Suge Knight at twenty five million and he killed one person by running him over, and why is Dylan Roof at one million? But he killed nine people. So, but here's how the media manipulates it. Right? I know they they make it sound they like it's it a, a racial issue. thing. Yeah. When in actuality, it's they said it is because the other two people can afford that bail. Not even and that. the other guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. The other guys in a mental institution. Probably. No, that's not yeah. the point. So listen to this breakdown. Right. Suge Knight had hundreds of millions and was a huge flight risk. Exactly. Okay. Shamuda's crimes totaled a bail of two million to ensure he wouldn't get out. So basically. He they made his bail worth more than he was worth. Exactly. So he could, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Two hundred thousand, right? Is it ten percent of your mm-hmm. your bail amount? So this yeah. and this Dylan Roof, the guy that shot up the church, was given a bail of one million, and that's purely on his weapons charge. So <laughs> his nine murder charges and countless assault charges were given no bail. Forcing him to stay in jail, right? Right. Yeah. So, so it's, but they don't say that part. Yeah. No, so it's no, being, that's not that's not drama. <laughs> so right. it's yeah. being manipulated. So you look oh, like absolutely. this asshole only got one million dollars bail, but in actuality, because he's white. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't want to make it a race thing because I'm sure we're gonna have. Well, that's um, what the news does. Yeah, that's true. They they just play up whatever's hot at the time, whatever it happens to be, whatever race, absolutely. religion, whatever. It's, ridic- it's, it's, it's something ridiculous. right. Yeah, it's horrible. And that's okay. Ooh, yeah, that's something I want. I don't even watch the news anymore, just because it's it's depressing. Yeah. I watch the morning news for weather and like local news about what's going on locally. Mm-hmm. But I I can't watch like ABC or any of that shit anymore. The only time I really turn the news on now is is we li- we live in Corona and there's a a Facebook group called Police Activity in Corona. So anytime there's anything going on, what's the story about the there. naked dude walking around? <sighs> I'll get to that. Okay. Um, but yeah, they'll post like every once in a while. Oh, you know, high speed chase. And the other night, one ended right in Corona. So right. that's kind of the only time I turn the news on now. But, you know, if the media didn't have that, that stuff on, those chases, we wouldn't see it every other night. Yeah. Because some well, moron's going to get in a car and go, hey, I could be on TV but, today. Uh, yeah. But that's what they did on uh, Anchorman 2, remember? Because mm-hmm. Anchorman 2, you know what Anchorman is? Mm-hmm. Well, that's he, they're like, we need something to spice it up. Cause, like, yeah, they were I saw it on a GIF. Oh, there we go. Yeah. A GIF. And um, that's peanut butter. And um, but it's a gif. It's a gif. I know it was a joke. But um, <laughs> but that's how he said. He's like, we got a, we got a police chase. Let's watch that. And then that became like the new big thing that everybody started watching or whatever. But um, yeah. So naked guy. Naked guy. So tell the listeners what's up. Give us a backstory. Break it down. So last Saturday, my wife and I were coming home from a little get together, and as we were pulling into our complex. There is a, I don't know, mid-30s 
guy walking down. Oh, you saw him? Yeah, he was walking around with only a shirt on. Nice. Nice. And then we drove by him, and both my wife and I look at each other like, did that, did that just happen? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is this real life? And so we turn around, and we're following him, and, like, all the cops like, hey, there's a naked guy walking around in our in our complex. And they're like, okay, you know, where, blah, 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 blah. And because you live in like a nice complex. Oh, it's that's not. Oh, that's Barney. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Don't Steve. Yeah. So it turned Don't out. Don't worry about it. He's harmless. One of the other neighbors was out and she, the guy walked right by her and she's just like, what? And so we stop and we're talking to her and it turns out this guy is like severely autistic yeah. and they uh, know exactly where we, he lives and we followed him around. They let him out of the cage. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we followed him around the, uh, the complex to make sure that he was safe. And uh, we f- saw a house with a door open. So my wife jumped out of the car and sure enough, it was his house. So she smart guy letting your wife go after the naked guy, not you. That was no, good. she didn't go after the naked oh, guy. She oh. went to the house. Okay. All right. Then got somebody from the house. Like, hey, you're, you know. speaking yeah. of, he just had a shirt on. I saw this breakdown. There's like a graph on what's sexy on women. That's not sexy on man. <laughs> and one of them was like, it was like, you come home and your wife is just wearing a shirt. And then it's like, your wife comes home and you're just wearing a shirt. It's like, not sexy. <laughs> what's wrong with you? God, now we got to steam clean the couch. Yeah, right. Sick. Yeah. Well, did you, I shared that video. And it was and uh, it was like a BuzzFeed video, and it was like something that only like married couples will get. And I laughed because it was really Laura and I. Uh-huh. But um, like one scene, she comes walking out of the bathroom. Not that Laura does this. And she's like, "I'd stay out for a few minutes." And he's like, "Okay." And then like he turns around and walks away. And then one of them was like, they're laying in bed, and like she puts the pillow over his head for like five seconds, and she takes off. And she goes, "Are you dead?" And he's like. Yeah, I'm dead. And she's like, good. And she's like, rolls over and goes to sleep. You know, just like stupid shit that couples do, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was pretty funny because it related back to like whatever. So do you have any more like big bus stories like that? Like the one, well, not big bus, but like, like postal inspectors, they actually made a movie about the postal inspectors and like they'll do weird shit. Like won't they like sit inside of stamp machines and like try to select well, counterfeit currency in some cases? Like wait, it's, what? They'll, they'll, they're going to do anything... They deal with any kind of mail fraud, mail theft, um, internet. Like a lot of people, like um, uh, big criminals, they can't get them on anything else, but they'll get them for mail fraud. Yeah, because they'll send some something, some fake check through the mail, and if they can't pop them on anything else, that's usually what they'll get them for. And um, they're, they're pretty cool guys. They're they're most of them. Are, I mean, they're they're all obviously cops. They're mm-hmm. federal officers, and and they're they're decent guys, and they're good investigators, and they. They do all kinds of stings to protect protect the mail and, and stuff. That's and they, really cool. They catch protect guys the all the time. Protect the mail. There's a lot of things. Um, that the mail is the number one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they test people. They they test your integrity. You know, mm-hmm. they'll do test pieces in the mail to see if, you you know, you're going to steal them. You know, pick it up and you hear change. Ah, like, yeah, money, obvious right? money. And yeah. Stuff and like so that, yeah. they have to do that. I mean, I think right. it's for, to make sure that the people. Well, yeah, because if they didn't, then. Everybody would steal, right? Yeah. So, and if you know or you think, hey, I could be tested any time, you're not going to even mess around with anything. So, they have a tough job. What? Is, I'm sorry. What? Is, what was the like? I mean, did you guys personally see a lot of theft issues or a lot of? I don't know if you could talk about that or not. I mean, I guess you're not saying names or anything specific, but like, was that a, a big deal in the post office? I could see like there's so much opportunity to, you know what I mean? That even somebody that's borderline on their moral compass would be tempted because there's just so much there. I mean, could you imagine seeing like a, a, a nice heavy Amazon package coming through? Like, Oh, okay. No, nobody's mm-hmm. going to miss this shit, mm-hmm. you know, and swoop it and then, you know, whatever. But, um, in, in any big company, you're going to see theft. 
I mean, you're going to go to Costco and you're going to see, I'm sure people, they have theft issues. Um, you're going to go to McDonald's. I got, I got 32 bottles of peanut butter. For <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. But I, I think it's... You know, Fell off the back of a truck. If you did percentage-wise, I don't think there's any difference in the, the, the percentage of theft in the Postal Service versus any other place. Mm. I just, you know, I mean, I think there's... I think there's rings that some credit card issues. I think there's some some rings they've they've caught mm-hmm. in the years past. You know, uh, for credit card fraud, and you steal them out there and they get the the code and then right. be able to, mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but in general, I think it's just normal. I mean, I think there's a percentage of people that are crazy in the workforce. I think there's a percentage of people that are thieves. I think there's a percentage of people that are fraudulent with their workers' comp claims. Then you've got the other 98% that are honest, fair, and just go to work. Exactly. Now, now, what was the whole controversy in like the 90s, like the early 90s, about the whole, like, why was postal shootings such a big hot button in the media? Like, you know, oh, I'm, he's going to go postal. Like, why, why was that stigma attached to... Well, it's it's a it's a government or a semi-government entity, so that's always going to stir up drama, right there. You know, federal federal government, you know, has shooting. Right. But once again, you you look at a McDonald's. I'll bet you percentage-wise, there's been more McDonald's shootings than there have been postal shootings. You know, and I, I mean, it's just it's just a matter of fact of how many people the company at the time. I'm trying to think of how many. It must have been like nine hundred. No, about six hundred eighty-five thousand. Six hundred eighty-five or up to 700,000 employees at the Postal Service one time. Well, one half of 1%, I mean, you've got a lot of people that are prone to injury, right. you know, to, pro, mm-hmm. prone to violence or whatever. So I just think it's a percentage thing. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's government, so they play that up. Oh, post, now the post office shooting. Yeah, they treat everybody terrible. I don't treat anybody terrible. It's just a job, <laughs> and you have mentally ill people everywhere, and most, if not all of those people, unless there's a lust thing or a, a triangle or whatever, but majority of those people, People don't go in and kill a bunch of people unless they're nuts. Right. So I think there's a percentage of mentally ill people just like any other place in the world. So mm-hmm. I was um, I was actually, at one point in my life, I was spending a lot of time down in uh, like Dana Point area. I was actually dating a girl that lived down there. And there was a, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, trust me. I, I never go south of Jamboree again. That's my... <laughs> never go south Stop. of the 405. I never go south of Jamboree. And I never go north <laughs> of whatever, Whittier. <laughs> like, that's, my, that's my land. And I'm there. Um, but uh, I, 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 just, I don't like South County but, or North County. I like Middle County. That's us. But, um, but there was a famous uh, surf shop down there. And because I was trying mm-hmm. to get into surfing, Killer Dana, Killer Dana yeah. was right down. Now, what sponsor, sponsor, us. No, no, that was a small, <laughs> small surf shop. Um, it's but, right around the corner from the post office. And that's what I was going to say. I was telling my dad that I was going there, and you had a story, right, about that post office. Wasn't there a shooting there, or somebody came it, in with a gun or something? There was a shooting there. There was a, um, right next door. It's, wow. it's a trip. Yeah, it was. I want to say 1996, I think. But yeah, there was a shooting, a, a person that was off on, le- on, vac- on leave, on sick leave or whatever, men- mentally ill, hmm. uh, came back in and shot and killed a co-worker wow. and then wound up shooting four or five and killing two or three of more other people after, more other, other people <laughs> they afterwards. They started killing more and other people. After. <laughs> but, uh, and he wound up going on the spree and they wound up for, I don't know, two weeks or something chasing him. Wow. I don't know if it was that long, but maybe a week or so chasing crazy. him. And they finally caught him at... Um, um, Centerfield Bar and Grill up on Beach Boulevard. <laughs> he was in there having having Centerfield. I actually know where that is. Yeah, he, he went. He actually sh- he shot somebody in ATM and got money, and then went to the bar and wound up. Wow. Yeah. Now, when you say mentally ill, do you mean like 
um, handicapped or he just snapped like a schizo or something like that? He was, he was bipolar, I think, or, uh-huh. you know, something there, was now, the post office test for that? Or do I, I don't think I should ask that question. Can I ask that question? You can ask that, but they don't, they're not going to go and say, Hey, I wonder if this guy's bipolar. No, I think you, you hire people. They, you do an evaluation based on what they, they put on an application and you checked all the facts they've got. And if there's no history, no criminal history, why not hire them? Now, weren't you, I weren't you telling me it's really hard to fire somebody from a government job? Isn't it? It's pretty difficult because there's so many things protecting them relating back to the unions. Yes, it so is pretty hard. That means elaborate. That doesn't mean shake your head. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I'm trying to think how to, <laughs> that means how to talk. say this. Yes. This is a what? podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, out of my head. You have a great mm-hmm. face. Yep. You have a great Definitely. face for Sounds radio. Sounds about right, yeah, Jake. Yeah, Good yeah, job. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Next topic. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it is hard because there the, there's contracts and in each contract there's certain things you have to, you know, procedures you use to, to take discipline on employees that are problematic and there's all kinds of case law and arbitral authority that talks about progressive discipline and by the time you go through each step of you know say you're going to fire somebody for attendance so i give you a, a counseling and i give you a letter then i give you a seven day suspension and a 14 day suspension and then i fire you each one of those steps gets just eaten up with grievance with uh, arbitrators and, mm-hmm. and evaluating and one or two of those fall away and you lose those so you have to start over and it's just it's a long long process to, to get somebody terminated and i think that's hmm. part part of the frustration because by the time they finally fire you you're 35 or 40 then you're kind of screwed how are you going to get another job if you get fired at the, at the government any government just the post office right so i don't know um and unions are you know strong they've been around since 1971, I think the the postal unions have been around, so they're pretty strong. He's got good friends in the union, so yeah. that's why it's yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I have really good friends that are. We weren't allowed to bash it, which yeah. is fair. That's fair, yeah. I think. Fair. I'll go with it. I called him last night. I go. Anything's on. Anything's okay except don't bash the unions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, but here we are. Now, where um, you know, when you see something, Can we bash different unions. Yeah, no, yeah, if you want. <laughs> so the Longshoreman Union. Are you being serious right now? Oh, yeah. I don't know anything. Tell me about it. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll stick out of this conversation. I'm not going to bash <laughs> any unions. Um, who do you, who the hell do you know that's a longshoreman? Uh, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Begin with Russell? No. Okay. I no. know a guy named Russell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this, this particular guy changes tires on, on semi truck trailers for a living. Ah, that's about 50, 50 bucks an hour, right? In a normal, you know, normal job on the street at a, at a shop that would be what like 14 15 bucks an hour job right nope i personally know dealerships that where they're starting pay for technicians to rotate tires is minimum wage okay nine dollars an hour okay I'm, and I'm, I'm just saying you know 14 15 bucks mm-hmm. but this guy gets paid 120 grand a year yeah sounds about right 60 th- so what is that mm-hmm. that's that's 60 dollars an hour to roughly this is insane yeah like unions drives me crazy Go start turning tires. Yeah. I don't know. I could go on for a while, but I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, Matt, we need content. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So where, um, where I'm going to, I'm going to cut it after this for this episode and then we'll go into the next topic. Um, but where personally, when you see things like Amazon coming out, you know, where it's free two day shipping, or if you order it in the morning, you could have it by the night. Um, and they're obviously not using, USPS um, or FedEx or anything like that that's coming along. Where do you see the post office going after spending 35 years of your life with it? I mean, do you see it? I, it's hard to say that it's growing. You know what I mean? And I don't think this is a negative thing. This is just a, a, biz, a 
business. You know what I mean? If you see yeah. a business failing, you see a business failing. Y- year, mm-hmm. Years ago, first class mail and, and express mail and all the priority mail and all the hot items that, you know, were the big money makers, they seem to be up the forefront and they kind of let the parcels, the packaged stuff kind of go because that wasn't the big money makers. Now you notice the postal service now is hitting more and more of those because mm-hmm. mom and dad's letters, you can email your mom and dad, exactly you, your cousins, you know, you can pay all your bills online. So where's what's left? It's they got that like a flat rate shipping now. Yeah, right? it's going to be your priority, your sh- your flat rate shipping. It's going to be your express mail, and it's going to be you know things are and in your parcels that Amazon's going to ship or whatever. I think they've just recently entered in some kind of a contract with Amazon or one of the okay. Carriers. Good, that's what they need yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it, right so, there. So I think they're doing that, and then you have. So when I first started, it would be a lot of first class mail. And then it progressed into, I don't know the proper term, but it used to be called bulk business mail and everybody called it junk mail. Well, that was the money maker for the postal service, but your carriers were like pack mules. I mean, right. it, it, stuff was heavy. It adds and up. It's all, yeah, it's all advertisement. And now all that stuff, once again, is online. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, Isn't that kind of keeping the post office alive though? Like, um, like election time with all the, the BS mailers and all the advertisements and the penny savers going yeah, out. The, and elections are only every, penny savers every no two. more. Well, yeah. it's just an example. Yeah, close their doors. Every I don't need you to sit there. And, it's just an example. I'm just saying they closed, <laughs> they closed their doors not too yeah, long ago. Oh, really? Yeah. But it, how am I supposed to look for apartments? <laughs> Apartments.com. There, there, there you go. go. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. um, I forgot what I was going to say, but we got so concerned with if we could that we forgot if we should. Stop. <laughs> but I, I think what's going to happen is you'll never see the Postal Service completely fold up. That's, that's, my, that's my thought. You know, my thought process is you're going to have Otomo, Iowa. You're going to have, you know, uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. You're going to have a lot of these small country or cities, countries, small cities throughout the United States that aren't going to be big draws for UPS, UPS and, and all the, all the and all big that, companies. Yeah. And the day-to-day delivery to, to those rural areas, I think that's always going to have to be the Postal Service because mm-hmm. they're federal and they've you know been around for so long and they know how to do it. And, they know and how, it's established it. there. Mm-hmm. So. And it's established. So I don't think... It's changing each each year. I think it's evolving, especially more and more. Well, with yeah, Amazon's going to have drones, so yeah, then everybody's yeah. out of a job. That's going to really though. But see, but you'll <laughs> see, that, oh, in twenty a, years, you'll see the postal service probably doing drones. Oh, probably, you know, they're yeah. going to get in. Well, that's the future. I mean, I I literally morph. for yeah. I think it's going to cost me seven dollars, and I'm going to I'm going to three D print everything I need. I'm going to build a drone. Oh god, it's, it's it's really. I've got the whole. <laughs> I'll show you the stuff later, Matt. But I've got the all the files, the STL files, which are the three D print codes. I've got everything to print the chassis and print the propellers and everything thing to build a drone because nice. it's 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 bitching but you know speaking of that and like taking jobs away did you see that whole thing from mcdonald's now about how um the people are complaining about 15 dollars an hour so they've actually started installing like yeah you just walk up and you make your Touch burger screen, on the screen mm-hmm. yeah and you walk away and they've got to pay two people in the back to fix it and then yep. they bring it up to you and you're good to go yeah well look at the auto in, the auto industry all was automated yeah and, well, we're and ta- we talked about with our guest um uh, Rick, yes. I was like, how much longer are they going to really need technicians? I mean, cars, the electric cars now don't need oil. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't need their fluids until a hundred thousand miles. Right. You know, so all you have to do is have somebody there to plug in a computer, do a health yep. check and rotate the tires. Where's, where's it going? And soon as you could have a robot and put new tires on yeah, and get soon. the hell out. I'd so, say probably 10 years. Yeah, like, the post office, they had, um, they have like these barcode readers that'll read an address and spray the barcode yeah. on and shoots it through. Well, they had offsite people kind of go what you're talking about. They had offsite people at rec centers that would um, read an address, key it in, spray the barcode from 
let's say, um, Santa Clarita to Santa Ana, spray the barcode on, and the letter keeps going. Mm-hmm. They're nowhere. They're nowhere around. Yeah. You could do that to in, in India. You could do it anywhere, probably. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Everybody was so concerned about outsourcing, and yeah. everybody was outsourcing and outsourcing. Well, first off, you know, not to bash the unions, but uh, that was a reason people outsourced, right? Because the, it was just so damn expensive almost to keep an employee here well it's i don't i don't i don't know if it's a it's not just it's unions. not the union it's just I mean, it's, there's it's plenty cheaper. of non-union companies that do outsourcing right. yeah it's, but it's cheaper it's cheaper but less quality work most but, of the time but it's cheaper but see it's funny because in like the advent that we're in right now the renaissance of technology that we're in right now i i think it's really interesting because um it's not going to be about outsourcing anymore now it's going to be about the kid the 12 year old that we talked about that builds a computer that mm-hmm. can now, you know, take orders yep. at, or stand in the front of Costco and scan and scan your card when you walk into Costco. So they don't need to have that person there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes that next big thing. Yep. So that's where like the technology kind of is, is detrimental. Like I love that we're growing and we're learning, but yeah, there's, I think there's going to be a problem as far as having work or workforce, your kids, my grandkids, yeah, your kids, absolutely. you know, it's, what job is it going to have? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Got to get them on technology young. Unless you're you got to fix those machines stuck. that break because yeah. those machines are going to take over. You got to learn how to fix them. That's yeah. always got to be at least one guy. Yeah. Well, we talk, yeah. well not even that. The electrician. But, yeah. but we I'm talked, the electrician. We talked about that with John too at how those positions get shit on. But it's like, you know, your, you do your it. plumbers. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. Your, your plumbers, your, um, you know, your dude that changes your oil. Yeah. Your whatever. Those people need to exist you're gonna always need a plumber i don't think robots are gonna be able to be plumbers anytime soon right. you know what i mean because they're gonna, ways off from that level. they want they want a robot to go fight a war before they want a robot to fix your plumbing so that's what they're probably going to focus on first but um but you know those are going to be the positions or the geek squad dude i think the geek squad's great and the, i think the idea of the geek squad is great that they can come mm-hmm. to your house if you're having an electrical problem mm-hmm. you know it's a hundred yeah. dollars an hour or whatever and they fix your shit and they're good to go um, but that's just, you know, yeah, where we're at. So soon it's going to be a matter of the, you know, imagine once they are able to program a postal vehicle to just, you know, everybody moves their mailboxes out to the front and then they have a vehicle that just, and just has a programmed route, like a Google car. Yeah. And then you're good to go. I mean, the technology is the, all there. Yeah. That's a new thing too, that in the last few years, they never had big cluster boxes like they do. Now you go out there and bring a whole water mail deliver 50 houses and you go up to another you know one guy can do that our our complex has cluster boxes. yeah i think that they're mandatory now in any kind of i've never even heard that term before what is that it's, it's like one of those it's like at the apartment complex how the, all the mailboxes oh are right yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. they were the ndcbus or neighborhood delivery collection box units or something and the postal service pays for them and they mm-hmm. give you a key and yeah. you, it's 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 pretty uh, smart. Yeah. Yeah, I got it's the way key. way more efficient. I got the key for that, and then there's bigger ones on the bottom for packages. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. give you a special key that you can only open it and take your package out. Yeah, you can't the, close it. What they'll do is they'll have it on the, in the big box for pars- parcel lockers, and they pull it out, lock it, put it in your box, and you know you've got a parcel. So you put it in, yep. open it, yeah. and it keeps your key stays in there. Yeah, yeah so you can't pretty, take the key. But see, those are all changes. So the, the companies the succeed adapt and changes that is, Mm -hmm. you know, technology changes and whatever. I just thought though, what's stopping me from going to home Depot real quick and making a copy of that little key. Nothing except it says, do not duplicate. So home Depot won't do it. You have to know a locksmith. Yeah. One of your jughead friends to do it. I just thought about that. I don't know. I was just thinking about that, (laughs) but but like, yeah, I'm just saying technology is the future, man. That's where it's it's going. All right. So let's cut that one there. 
episode one, everybody. Hey guys, thanks for watching episode one of uh, Nick Barson's podcast. Uh, we want to thank you guys for watching. Um, make sure to check out our sponsors, audibletrial.com slash whiskeybabble. Get yourself a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook download. Uh, over 180,000 different audio products to choose from. Pretty cool. You should, guys should definitely check it out. Uh, Mamooch Jiu-Jitsu, spelled M-A-M-U-T-E-B-J-J.com. Go in, get yourself a free week trial at the gym. Uh, from what I hear, the, the usually you only get you know one day kind of trial, so that's pretty awesome that he's offering you guys a whole week to test out the gym. Um, make sure you check out the website, whiskeybabble.com. Check out all the merch. Uh, when you guys buy stuff, it really helps us out. It helps to support the show and keep us going. Uh, facebook.com slash whiskeybabble. Make sure you share. Um, that's how we get the word out. Uh, we wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, so it's awesome when you guys share our stuff. Uh, youtube.com slash whiskeybabble. Check out all the videos. Uh, Twitter at whiskeybabble. And that's it for episode one. Uh, make sure to tune in next week for part two of Nick Barson's podcast. Take it easy, guys.